Okay, good morning and welcome to this morning's Philosophy Pod. It's the 15th of October. Um, today we are looking at uh, some Eastern philosophy, some Eastern philosophy, and we're looking particularly at the ideas of Lao Tzu. Um, obviously he lived uh, a very long time ago, um, and Tom is just going to briefly outline just a couple of things about what we're going to talk about this morning about his philosophy. Cool. So Lao, uh, Lao Tzu was a, a 6th century Chinese philosopher and what we, were, we were looking at an article um, that sort of outlined the four cardinal virtues <clears throat> Sorry, which he sort of said that he said living and practicing these teachings can open you to higher wisdom and happiness so sort of which seem to be the two main things we should aspire to um, and then uh, this guy Dr Wayne Dyer um, had spent uh, a year living to these cardinal, four cardinal virtues and trying to sort of immerse himself in, Zoo, in Zoo's philosophy. Um, and then sort of he was shedding light on the importance of the, of the four cardinal virtues and, how, and, and why they're so important and how we can show them. So the first is reverence for all life. So, sort of having unconditional love and positive regard uh, for everyone, humans, animals, um, and but starting with ourselves, um, and then that naturally sort of seeps out into everyone else. Then the second one was natural sincerity. Um, so, sort of kindness, compassion, empathy, um, just having that sort of inner inner goodness, as it were. Um, then gentleness. So sort of the sensitivity, respect, calmness, um, again tying into kindness, and then the final one, supportiveness, so being supportive of those around you and being loving and empathetic. Okay, so I think uh, one of the questions is, is this realistic? Is this realistic? And if it is realistic, is this a good goal for us? I suppose we could answer those questions in the opposite order. But what does anyone think about whether this is realistic? I think it may not be realistic because I think it's based on an assumption really that we come into life like with a clean slate and that we're, we're able to live our life following these four cardinal virtues. But, I mean, it is possible in terms of, like, evolutionary biology that the way we're made it's probably quite difficult to truly be like gentle all the time to really care for everyone else more than to care for yourself uh, and like be supportive uh, which obviously that goes against the cardinal virtues and whether or not it's possible that we can actually live to those based on our genetics I'm not really sure do you think we're not naturally disposed to be gentle? No, I don't think so. Why not? What, what evidence have you got? Why not? Well, I think, obviously there are people that are gentle. And I think it doesn't mean to say that, that it's impossible. I just think it's difficult because through, like, evolution, we've, we've been able to survive because we've been, like, quite ruthless, quite... People have been quite aggressive in the past because they've had to be and obviously as society evolves those traits disappear which is a good thing but I still think they remain like within 
like the human makeup and the genetic like frame of everyone. But just try to counter to that, just because they're not natural, does that mean they're bad? I'm not saying they're bad, I think they're a good thing. Um, I'm just saying I think it might be difficult for everyone to try and aspire towards them, but or to that, achieve them. Isn't that the point of being a better person, is that if, it, if it's easy, it's sort of pointless? Um, oh, for sure. Uh, I'm just on the point that it may not be realistic that everyone will achieve that. Mm. That's one thing that... Because really, yeah, a way of life should be... Everyone should be able to achieve it. Yeah. Because otherwise, what's the point, really, if it's only for a select few that have had the time, maybe, and, like, the, the luxury of contemplation to kind of work out what traits they like in themselves, what traits they don't like, how to develop ones that they want to keep and how to develop those that they don't. Like, yes, maybe if you've got that time to do that, but if you don't, then... And you have other things to worry about, like poverty or... It's similar to virtue, I think. Yeah. Which is what we're looking at. You may not be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, and I feel like if Dyer had to like devote an entire year of his life to try and to unlock these four virtues, it kind of shows that it's not really an attainable goal by everyone in society because not everyone has time or like the motivation in that sense to spend a year of their lives trying to live by these four like ethical standards. Yeah, yeah I mean it's it's always going to be difficult, isn't it? I mean. Does that make it a bad system, though, because or a bad idea? Because lots of ethical theories that we have are unrealistic. And it's, it's not about necessarily us being able to do this, but at least if we're aiming in the right direction, if we're aiming for something significant, then surely that's better than aiming low. And achieving something that's less worthy, if that makes sense. Yeah, the worst that can happen if we try and follow this is that we live as we are now. But the best case, we are good people. Yeah, we're better people. Yeah. Mm. Um, if we were more reverent for all life, if we were more sincere, if we were gentler, and if we were more supportive. Um, yeah, even if we just like pinpoint one, if to make it more realistic and just try and focus on one of them, it would, I feel like it would make just a marginal difference rather than like trying the like overwhelming goal of all four of them. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any point like refuting the worthiness of each of the four mm. cardinal virtues because I think that's quite a hard thing to do. Or not, it's a pointless thing to do because I think they're all quite good. What I think is worth refusing is the accessibility of them and obviously if you try and like if everyone aims towards them that can only really be a good thing in my opinion even if no one makes it uh, at least they're trying to strive to be something but then you could say that that's a failure on the system's part because if no one is reaching it then it shows that it's unattainable Ever, but but no, I, I don't think there's any flaw with the four individual virtues or common ways.
Okay. Um, different question. What's the difference between this and what you know of Western philosophy? What seems to be some of the kind of themes here? If you know any Buddhism, what, what's the overlap with Buddhism? What's, what do you notice about this compared to quite a lot of Western philosophy? What does it kind of require um, in us that maybe is slightly more um, unusual? in our context. I mean, what do you notice about this that's very different to to Western philosophy? Well, one thing that I thought very different was kind of the substitution of God for, like, the forces of the universe. Mm. Um, and how it talks about, like, by living in these ways, we come to know the truth of the universe, and I think that's quite that to me sounds like the end goal of these cardinal virtues, which in a way seems like a substitute for reaching eternal life and with God in heaven. Yeah, I think you're right. I think this, this has a lot of overlap with Buddhism. I don't know how much you know about Buddhism, but Buddhism is is obviously a religion that focuses on obviously there's there's a there's a focus on karma there's a focus on on enlightenment like an inner peace and i think there's quite a lot of overlap between this and buddhism and i think it has been it's very been it's been very influential for it and i think sammy you're right when you say that it's kind of a focus on the universe it's a focus on almost a oneness with nature a deep respect for nature and peace. It's less about understanding all the nitty-gritty, which is, I think, quite a, quite a key aim of Western philosophy and, if you want, Western science. And I'm not trying to say that, you know, that, that people in, in, in the East don't, don't know their science. Of course they do. But I think that the, the focus is different here. The focus is to be contemplative, and happy within yourself rather than try to understand everything that's necessarily going on for every different person, debate everything. You know, it's not, that's not so important. It's less Socratic method, more kind of, you know, peace within yourself and peace between yourself and the world. Um, and obviously karma has an influential part to play here because um, karma is, is, is a natural law according to Buddhism. It's not a god you have to please as you rightly say, Sammy. It's, it's more about the forces of nature and karma is a force of nature, i.e. it's a natural law. If you do good things, good things will happen to you, not necessarily in this life. And if you do bad things, obviously the, the opposite will happen. So... Um, it's, it's interesting to see the, the, the focus is so different here. It's so different. Because I think what's almost interesting is what it doesn't say rather than what it does say. So it says things like reverence for all life, you know, be sincere, be authentic, be gentle. It says things like that. But it doesn't say understand everything, use your reason. It doesn't say this is how you should act in the world. 
you know, according to this kind of theory or maxim or whatever. It's, it's much less prescriptive in that way. It's more suggestive of a kind of a way of being rather than a focus on individual actions. Would you, would you say that is fair to say? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And what impact does that then have on how we read it? What's the difference between us and people who might have been living in um, China in you know, at the turn of the millennium, North AD or 500 AD or 1000 AD? What, what's the difference? It means it sort of it can just continue to be relevant. Whereas if it's you know setting out kind of strict rules, then rules change with culture and with time. Um, whereas this is much more sort of applicable to everyone, and it's much less exclusive than other. Things. I know we were saying that this requires um, time and sort of the ability to not worry about other things, but it is in a way much more open to everyone because it's just very broad and these are quite easy to show in so many different ways um, depending on your circumstance um, as, as opposed to being something like right this is this is based off this this one religion which you need to follow and then you need to do this this and this and um, in this situation you must do this in this situation you must do this in a way this is easier to follow I think yeah it's it's less um it's, 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 there's more flexibility here because it's just more open. It's more open. It's not a closed system of in X situation do Y, in A situation do B. You have just a way of thinking. Is that helpful? I mean, is, is actually being told specifically what to do, is that better or is this better? I think in a way this is almost better because when you're told specifically what to do, you have so much opportunity to pick each bit apart and try and, in a way, waste your time destroying the instructions that you supposedly should be following. But when you're told about how to think, it's much less about criticizing that way of thinking, but instead trying to implement it and seeing what effect that has for you. And I think that probably is more will have more useful effects in the long run. Yeah, there's never, there's never going to be an example of what to do and a rule to follow for every situation in your life. It's just impossible. Whereas, like, if you're told exactly, like, how to approach the situations, then I feel like it allows you to reflect more on it as well rather than just blindly following, like, an authority. You can kind of create your own morals and, like, evaluate those yourself. I agree. I think the openness is, is a key feature in Eastern philosophy. And I think it's, a, it's also a key strength. However, I think for the same reason, lots of people don't sign up to it. Um, they, they like more concrete things to debate, to argue, to, to think about, rather than this very open ideas that you agree with the sentiments, but then you can't really get your teeth into it. Um, there was a, um, a kind of an article that the sick form, you guys were the sick form, you, you, you got given in form time recently mm. about the idea that technology has taken over so much of our lives that we 
fail to really engage with nature in the same way that we used to. We were talking about people who are kind of natural, or sorry, um, people who've grown up in a time when the technology is all intuitive and natural for them, compared to people who've had to learn that. If you've been in form times where you've been discussing that, that particular article, do you think there's any overlap here? What's this saying that, that that article was also saying? Well, I think it, that article, in a sense, kind of like advocated finding a reconnection with the natural world. And I think, obviously, through the teachings of Lao Tzu, it does seem that that's kind of, well, like connecting with the energy of the universe seems to be very integral to it. And I think that carrying that kind of idea forward would probably be quite useful today. Certainly to get your face out of the screen from time to time. We're all guilty. Um, we're all guilty of that, that's certainly true. Um, but yes, it's, it's interesting, isn't it, that I think this type of philosophy would advocate limiting the amount that we are on social media and limiting the amount of time we spend on the internet and all about knowledge, 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 knowledge. That's what we all are wanting nowadays. We want more knowledge, we want to find out more, we want to be connected to the world, we want to be connected to celebrities all the time. But in doing so, we're connected to people via technology. We're not really connected to nature. And I think what that article was saying was that, to some extent, our innocence has been lost. And I think this type of philosophy is, or would, would advocate trying to regain it. Regain that innocence. Don't be so reliant on technology you know, go out and, and find, you know, for want of a better phrase, inner peace in, in the natural world. It's a very twee statement, but um, would you say that, that perhaps our lives now are just so technology orientated that we're never going to be able to regain that innocence? Um. I wouldn't agree with that, I don't think. Um, I think as long as the natural world is still there, and it's not really replaced by some online version, uh, there's definitely a feeling that you get from being like, out in the wilderness, so to speak, that you probably can't find through technology, or you can't find through technology. Um, I think as long as that remains, that innocence kind of will stay, but unless someone recreates it. I, I do think though, you're getting kids growing up now who since they've been born have been reliant on technology and that's what their parents give them when they've had enough of them or it's just part of the necessity of, you know, for like scheduling, like sleeping, feeding, all this sort of stuff, um, which, hasn't, which we haven't really had because we when we were kids, there was technology was there, but it wasn't, we didn't have iPads, we didn't have video games, 
um, in the same way they do now. Um, and I do think if we're not careful, because we become so reliant on it, it could go that way and become irreversible. Because it's like now, if I tried to go a day without my phone, I couldn't because I've built my daily structure around it. Like, that's how I get my emails, that's how I get my homework, all this sort of stuff. And it is, it is worrying how, how difficult it would be for society to step back. Like, if you think if the internet went down for a day, <laughs> like, I don't think... Exactly. Okay, excellent. Any more thoughts on Elsie? Um, I think one, like maybe final thing that I found very interesting was that the way supposedly to diminish the ego is to, by first loving yourself uh, or seeing yourself in a loving way, and because then that will lead to that love being extended outwards and not focusing on yourself all the time. I thought that was quite a way that people pro probably wouldn't normally think of how to diminish their ego. Mm. They'd probably try not to think about themselves and things like that. But I think it kind of ties in with the essential feature that if you embrace yourself and embrace like your connection with the natural world, then all kind of your problems go away. Brilliant. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. This has been another Philosophy Pod, and we'll see you next time.